August 2015, Wolobahik, Poland. Peter Zakowski, Poland's deputy culture minister, is sitting in his office enjoying the fading afternoon sun when his telephone rings. He picks it up, perhaps expecting his secretary or another member of his staff to answer. But to his surprise, it's a lawyer. The lawyer introduces himself and states he's representing two anonymous clients from a small firm just outside of Volobahik. The clients have brought him what he believes to be groundbreaking news, so the lawyer urges Zakowski to sit down. He mysteriously explains that the information he holds will draw global attention to Poland and is guaranteed to make international headlines for years to come. Two men have at last located the elusive and legendary Nazi gold train. Zakowski drops into his chair in shock, hardly daring to believe what he's just heard. Could it be possible that over 70 years since the Nazis ravaged Poland with destruction and devastation, their fabled missing train has been recovered? A train rumored to be laden with stolen treasures, priceless artwork, and fortunes of money and gold. To discover it would catapult Volobahik and Poland onto the world stage as heroes. Zakowski smiles to himself at the thought that Poland, the country so often overshadowed by its larger neighbors, Germany and Russia, could be the site where the final remnants of Nazi rule are destroyed. Over the next few weeks, lawyers from the Polish government negotiate with the men who claim to have found the train. The two treasure hunters eagerly reveal their miraculous involvement in one of the world's most popular conspiracies. They explain that an elderly friend of theirs, a Polish man who had grown up suffering the brutal hardships of wartime in Wolobahik, was lying on his deathbed when he admitted he had a confession to make. The frail, elderly man explained to his young friends how the Red Army closed in on Nazi-occupied territory in 1945, throwing the Nazis into panic. It was during the chaos that he was forced by Nazi soldiers to load piles of jewelry and stacks of treasure onto the Nazi gold train. While the train's final location remained mysterious to hundreds of war veterans and historians, the dying man claimed that he alone held the precise coordinates to its resting place. With his final breaths, the veteran handed over the coordinates to his young, ambitious friends and wished them all the luck in the world in their pursuit of uncovering the infamous gold train. It's this confession of an anonymous wartime veteran that will spur new global interest in the Nazi gold train myth. But the government needs proof. They're not prepared to embark on a million-dollar project just based on the words of two hopeful treasure hunters. After all, the Nazi gold train is believed by some to be no more than a wartime fable. An exciting conspiracy created to shroud Nazi activity in mystery and perhaps offer families hope that their stolen treasures lie unharmed in some hidden part of the world. The men, however, are prepared for this skepticism and present the government with a series of radar images taken of the alleged site. The pictures clearly show disturbances in the ground that could be a train. Strange formations ripple for around 100 meters. Piles of soil are suspiciously displaced, 
and color changes suggest that a variety of materials are buried almost 50 meters underground. Zakowski claps his hands in triumph. This, he believes, is the proof they need to begin the excavation project and finally retrieve the treasures that were taken from Poland so many years ago. As August melts into September, preparations begin for the colossal excavation of the fabled train. Police, firemen, architects, and treasure hunters line the vast section of woodland cordoned off for the dig. Scores of paparazzi fervently click away in desperation to snap a shot of the illustrious train. The world holds its breath in excitement, awaiting the answers this excavation might bring. Will the Nazi gold train myth prove to be true? Will we finally discover what happened to the thousands of missing riches, jewelry, and artwork looted by Hitler's army? And how did this allegedly magnificent train disappear without a trace? At the moment of death, people often have an overwhelming need to get their biggest secret off their chest. From murder, fake identities, illicit affairs, and even government cover-ups, this show dives deep into the world's most explosive deathbed confessions. This is the story of the Nazi gold train. It's about the fall of one of history's most ruthless dictators, his sinister scheme devised to cling onto power the haunting mysteries and questions it leaves behind. It's about a deathbed confession that might finally reveal the location of the long-lost Nazi gold train. An anonymous man's dying words that spur a million-dollar excavation project. A collection of conspiracies that haunt the world and fascinate generations of treasure hunters. And it's about the hope sparked each time stories about Nazi gold discoveries resurface. I'm Estefania Haigman, and this is Deathbed Confessions. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Germany, 1943. The tides of war are quickly turning for Hitler's armies. After initial successes across the battlefields of Europe, the Nazis' luck is running out. German and Italian forces are quickly losing their grip on North Africa, 
the U.S. Navy has won a decisive victory over Japan in the Battle of Midway. And Mussolini's dictatorial rule is fading by the day. Worse still, Hitler's prestigious Sixth Army, frostbitten and emaciated, have surrendered to the Soviet Union. It's the first time Nazi forces have admitted defeat in four years of fighting. And although the oppressive Nazis continue to strangle Germans in their grasp at home, even their control there is beginning to fracture. Jewish and Polish prisoners from the Warsaw Ghetto have recently begun a rebellion against German rule. Using handmade grenades, stolen guns and bullets, they've embarked in a fierce guerrilla war with the Nazis who imprisoned them. Although the prisoners experience countless more casualties than the brutish, expertly trained Nazis, their rebellion rings with the hopeful message that finally, people are starting to fight back. The once omnipotent, unquestioned, absolute rule of the Fuhrer of Germany is in danger. This gradual descent from Hitler's war to Hitler's defeat is not lost on the Fuhrer. He knows that the Soviet's victory over his sixth army will inevitably lead to a retaliatory attack on Berlin. This is something he must avoid at all costs. Berlin is the Nazi powerhouse. Swastika flags drown the streets in their blood like red and black as cruel SS officers robotically patrol the city. The fall of Germany's capital would almost certainly end the war and crush the Nazis within an instant. So to prevent this total obliteration, Hitler devises a monumental plan to ensure absolute protection against all of his enemies. By April, 1943, Hitler has finalized his vision and in front of his most trusted Nazis, announces the new plan that's rumored to guarantee victory for Germany. It will be called the Reise Project. Translating to the word giant, Hitler's new scheme is astronomically ambitious as he envisages the colossal construction of a top-secret, futuristic, underground complex to house the new Nazi headquarters. Safely hidden behind bulletproof walls, Hitler plans to work alongside elite members of the Third Reich to devise unbeatable tactics and weapons for the Nazi armies. He confidently dreams that the secret complex will become the very center from where world domination is achieved. For the location of his new project, Hitler has chosen the Owl Mountains, rugged towers of rock that stretch for 125 miles along the wild forests of Southwest Poland. The mountains are abundant in natural resources such as stone, coal and wood, even water, and have been used by miners for hundreds of years. This plentiful supply makes them ideal for manufacturing the materials of war. But it's not just their natural resources that attract Hitler. The mountains are lined with meters of robust, hard nice rock. It would take significant force to penetrate this lining guaranteeing Hitler a virtually bulletproof lair. The Owl Mountains seem to be the perfect location for Project Lysa. Although he entrusts his chief architect, Albert Speer, with the details of construction, Hitler's already developed his own particular vision for Lysa's layout. He imagines a huge underground complex intertwined with tunnels, rooms, roads, even train tracks that stretch for hundreds of square miles and begin 50 meters below the surface. From here, 
Hitler will be able to manufacture weapons, test new technologies, and meet in secret with other members of the Third Reich, all while under the impenetrable protection of the Owl Mountains. But its underground location also draws in other possibilities. Surrounded by hundreds of meters of rock on each side and miles of barren land on top, people begin to question whether Project Lysa is in fact being designed for a new force entirely. Could the Nazis be developing their very own superweapon? Rumors begin to circulate of a Nazi invention with enough power to take over the world. Some claim to have heard Hitler talk of a nuclear bomb. Others believe they've seen a 12-foot, glowing, purple bell-shaped weapon. And a few even talk of a Nazi time machine. Whether any of these rumors are true, no one can be sure. But the top-secret underground Project Lysa would certainly be the perfect location for the creation of a superweapon. But while Project Lysa may have been a success if proposed during the first few years of the war, by 1943, it's nothing short of impossible. The predicted cost of the complex is absurd for an economy already crippled by war. At over double the expense of both of Hitler's current bunkers put together, Germany would have to stretch its funds to breaking point if they want to fulfill the Fuhrer's dream. Worse still, the resources needed for its construction will place unimaginable strain on German industries. Lysa requires 257,000 cubic meters of steel-reinforced concrete, 60 miles of pipelines, and enough stone for over 30 miles of roads and bridges. Considering that these materials are all vital to the war effort, many question whether they'd be put to better use elsewhere, perhaps to manufacture weapons or build arms for the struggling German soldiers. But although critics fiercely disagree with the proposal of Lysa, no one dares commit the suicidal act of disagreeing with Hitler. So Jewish and Polish prisoners from neighboring camps are dragged to the Owl Mountains where, over long, painful months of unbearable labor, starvation, and illness, they slowly construct Hitler's underworld. However, work on Reisa is slow and difficult. The death toll for laborers is high while progress itself remains stunted. Of course, it doesn't take Hitler long to discover these problems. But while other leaders would perhaps abandon the project and admit defeat, Hitler refuses to face his failures. Instead, he demands to oversee Reiss's construction personally. Perhaps guessing that his fearsome presence will strike some much-needed motivation into the laborers, he sends Nazi soldiers looking for a suitable base from where he can crack the whip for Reiss. Hitler's obedient followers scurry to the Owl Mountains where they've recently seized the beautiful Kashaz Castle. With its isolated location and stunning royal appearance, it's the perfect site for Hitler's headquarters. The castle's idyllic gardens are destroyed, swastikas cover its beautiful rooms, and its ancient floors are trampled upon by hordes of sycophantic Nazis. Behind its cotton candy pink bricks and delicate sea of turrets poking into blue sky, the fairy tale castle is transformed into a Nazi powerhouse. However, the project will not be remembered as the world-dominating complex Hitler so desperately dreamed of. The cost, size, and demands of Lysa will prove to be too great to complete. Amongst this collection of half-constructed, incomplete tunnels and roads, a myth will blossom 
one that surpasses the fame and ambition of Project Lysa and propels the mountains to a site of worldwide conspiracy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Poland, 1945. World War II is coming to a long-awaited gradual close. The Allies have established a second front in Europe, and the Soviets are mercilessly storming towards Berlin. This swinging pendulum of power between the Nazis and the Soviets plunges German-occupied territory into confusion. No one knows who will lead their country next or what sort of regime will be imposed. Within this tense atmosphere of uncertainty where individuals are waiting to be freed from Nazi rule and discover what will happen to their brutal captors, a collection of intriguing myths are born. Myths about Nazi superweapons, cowardly escapes of Third Reich officers, Hitler's apparent flee to Argentina, and of course, sightings of illustrious Nazi treasures. Although all of the myths spread like wildfire in this international game of telephone, a certain category gains particular attention and notoriety. Tales about Nazi gold. You see, civilians and soldiers alike are familiar with the knowledge that the Nazis have been infamous magpies of the world's greatest treasures throughout their reign. They've collected, stolen, and displayed and hidden innumerable artifacts. From priceless pieces of art to shining stacks of heavy gold. So as Nazi defeat looms during the war's final months, people will begin to use myths and legends to answer their burning question. What is to become of all of the Nazi treasure? Then, in the spring of 1945, a myth that appears to answer this very question is born. It's a story that will become known as the Nazi gold train. The legend begins in Breslau, Poland, as the Red Army is quickly eating Nazi territory and throwing its fear of communist influence over Eastern Berlin. Sensing the inevitable destruction of their prolific fascist empire, a group of remaining Nazis rush into their numerous hideouts and seize armfuls of possessions, from oil paintings and sculptures to sacks of money and glittering jewels. Some officers even march to the houses of nearby residents and viciously raid them, seizing more money from the families and, if they can find it, stacks of shining gold from wealthier individuals. Witnesses watch in horror and fascination as their streets are gutted of any remaining riches and glittering piles of stolen possessions climb the trunks of the gray Nazi vans. Some claim to catch sight of famous paintings that the Nazis have taken from international galleries. 
works by artists such as Van Gogh, Da Vinci, and Raphael. A few bystanders even swear to see the deep orange glow of tiles belonging to the stolen Amber Room. A former Royal Russian treasure, once celebrated as the eighth wonder of the world with its walls made of six tons of rich, mesmerizing amber. Soldiers move in their mechanical panic as the petrified residents snatch final glimpses of famous artifacts being transported away on the back of Nazi trucks. The legend moves the Nazis from the town to the train station where the soldiers finally stop and pour the glistening contents from their trucks into a heavily armored train. Polish staff working at the station watch as the empty train carriages transform into deep, plentiful treasure troves, and the Nazi gold train is born. No one knows where the alleged gold train plans to travel. Maybe Nazis are sending their riches to the distant home of a wealthy sympathizer. Perhaps the train will bury the treasure somewhere the Soviets will never think of looking. Or maybe they'll be scattered all over Europe and eventually find their ways back to their rightful owners. As the Red Army moves closer to Breslau, Nazis hurriedly prepare their train and wave it off as it passes out of the station to begin its journey. The train travels smoothly along the tracks and arrives at its next stop of Srivadice without difficulty. Residents watch it steam past and speed southwards along the fringes of Nazi territory. Then, as it passes the crumbling concentration camps and plunges into the Owl Mountains, its destination becomes crystal clear. The gold train is headed for Project Lysa. Once inside, the train will perhaps be topped up with more Nazi valuables that have been hidden away inside Hitler's lair. From there, the track should lead it out through one of Lysa's seven tunnels to the next stop on this route. Vola Behik. However, this is where the legend invites conspiracy. You see, although the train travels into the Owl Mountains, it never emerges. Guards expecting its exit through one of the protruding tunnels of Reise are left checking their watches in confusion, believing the treasure-laden train will trundle past any second. But it never appears. The train carrying over 300 tons of gold, stolen valuables, and possibly even the eighth wonder of the world vanishes forever. No one knows what happens to the train after its final sighting in the mountains, although many theories quickly develop. It's possible that the Nazis destroyed it along with Reise. Despite being incomplete, Reise was filled with numerous documents, official letters, and dark Nazi secrets. To keep these and the stolen treasures away from the prying eyes of the Soviets, Nazis perhaps decided to detonate the entire complex. As an underground weapons manufacturing site, this is certainly possible. There would have been enough ammunition within Reise to detonate it and cause damage so severe that the Soviets would never consider it to be anything more than a heavily bombed mountain. But would Nazis really destroy a train so heavily laden with valuables? A train from which just one possession could turn a soldier into a millionaire. A second theory entertains the idea that the train still exists. Some individuals believe that it came to a deliberate stop in one of Reiss's mysterious tunnels. The tracks leading in and out of it may have been torn up so that no one could trace its arrival 
and soil was shoveled over so as to completely bury the train. Then, the tunnel itself was blockaded at both entrances, giving the appearance of nothing more than the natural lining of the Owl Mountains. These theorists believe that in one undiscovered tunnel of Reise lies the glittering Nazi gold train. However, there are, of course, those who believe that the train never even existed. Without hard evidence of the train itself or any trails clearly leading to it, many consider it to be a simple urban legend that grew out of a climate of fear for the Nazi regime. You see, although there have been several attempts to retrieve the gold train, each excavation has been as unsuccessful as the next. During the Cold War, the Polish army even directed a mass effort in the hope of finding it and reclaiming what's on board, but no evidence of its existence was found. Many historians consider it to be no more than a myth. However, over 70 years since its disappearance, could the deathbed confession of an anonymous, unknown man finally put an end to this conspiracy? Could his final words retrieve the glittering artwork and gold that had been lost for decades? If there is any truth to his final words, it will not be the first time a legend about Nazi gold has transformed from fiction to fact. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. In 1959, German divers gained permission from the government to search Lake Toplitz, an isolated lake in the Austrian Alps rumored to be the location numerous Nazis fled to as the war came to a close. The divers' mission was surprisingly successful. Although no gold was retrieved, the team managed to haul a chest to the surface of the lake, which, upon opening, was found to be filled with 70 million pounds of forged British currency. The forged sterlings are believed to have been a part of Hitler's failed scheme to artificially cripple the British economy. This success was mirrored 24 years later by a British diver who retrieved a second load of forged sterling money. These individual discoveries suggest that there is some truth and credibility behind the urban legend of Nazi treasure. 
If millions of counterfeit pounds glitter beneath the turquoise surface of Lake Toplitz, could it be possible that the Owl Mountains are also hiding long-lost Nazi treasures? The date is now September, 2015. In Wolobahik, Poland, a fleet of diggers, followed by men and women dressed in high-vis and hard hats, flood the long grass of a small clearing in the Owl Mountains. All vegetation has been cleared from the area and soldiers linger around the edges of this former World War II site, prepared to destroy any unexploded mines or evidence of poison gas. Today, the men and women of Poland hope to discover the long-lost Nazi gold train. It's unbelievable to think that this large group of archaeologists and explorers, government officials, famed historians and international journalists have been spurred on by the dying words of an unknown man. A man they've been told was part of the team that loaded the gold train and lived to see it safely hidden from sight. Their hope today could be due to the enormous will for this myth to be true. For a country like Poland, whose men, women, and children were exposed to some of the Nazis' most horrific methods of war, there's unstoppable excitement surrounding the story of the gold train. It exists for many as the final chance to clean the stains of Nazi rule from modern-day Poland. So, the alleged words of a dying Polish prisoner and two businessmen-turned-amateur treasure hunters have been enough to captivate global interest and fund a million-dollar excavation project. Using coordinates given to the Polish government by the two treasure hunters, they've been able to narrow the search area down to a clearing no bigger than a soccer field. Hope dances temptingly in the air as the first digger strikes the hard ground and the excavation begins. Over the next three months, this small segment of the Owl Mountains is suffocated by a cacophony of machinery. Magnetic field detectors, imaging cameras, ground-penetrating radars and industrial diggers. As the team tear up parts of the mountains, the existence of Project Lysa is inescapable. Relics of the abandoned complex greet them everywhere they turn. Numerous tunnels crumble out of the mountain's sides, abandoned machinery rusts in overgrown fields, forgotten military barracks hang over the cliff edges, and seven individual complexes still exist within the mountains. These seven complexes contain fragmented parts of train track, abandoned elevators, entrances that have been blockaded in, and plumbing systems that appear to lead nowhere. The skeleton of Hitler's Nazi powerhouse still haunts the bleak landscape of the Owl Mountains. It's tempting to think that if the gold train entered into Reise as its final destination, its remains cannot be far away. However, by December of 2015, there have been no signs of the train. Although tunnels exist, there are only decaying remains of railway tracks inside and not a trace of a train or its treasures. Somehow, the coordinates given to the men lead nowhere and they're forced to retreat empty-handed. The strange shapes on their radar images prove to be no more than natural ice formations lining the interior of the mountains. It's a bitter disappointment for the hopeful men and women of Volabihik but the hunt for the Nazi gold train is far from over. Surviving witnesses from World War II swear that they saw the train enter into the Owl Mountains and disappear, 
And of course, the fact remains that hundreds of pieces of artwork taken by the Nazis have somehow vanished from the face of the earth. Stories, conspiracies, and speculations all point to the existence of an illustrious Nazi gold train that seemingly disappeared from sight one day as it tore through German-occupied territory. But if a train like this truly existed, where is it now? While the location of the train remains a mystery, rumors of more Nazi treasure begin to circulate in 2021. Members of the Silesian Bridge Foundation, a nonprofit historical organization in Poland, discover the diary of a woman who was a known Nazi sympathizer during World War II. Within pages of handwritten accounts and letters from lovers is a note signed by a Captain von Stein. It reads, My dear Inga, I will fulfill my assignment with God's will. Some transports were successful. The remaining 48 heavy Reichsbank's chests I hereby entrust to you. Only you know where they are located. The chests referred to in the letter are the items stolen by Hitler's trusted leader of the SS, Heinrich Himmler. Rumor has it that in a desperate attempt to save the dying Nazi ideology, Himmler stole the chests of gold and prepared to use them to fund the creation of a Fourth Reich. Like the elusive location of the gold train, the resting place of Himmler's treasures has remained mysterious for years. That is, until von Stein's letter to his mistress was found. Scrawled on the pages of her diary are the coordinates to the Reichsbank's treasure. They lead members of the Silesian Bridge Foundation down through Poland, across former Nazi territory, and eventually to the Minkowski Palace. The palace sits alone in southwest Poland, surrounded only by the rough, unkept woodland and nervous wildlife. It holds neither the serenity of Lake Toplitz and Castle Kashaz, nor the natural beauty of the Owl Mountains. Yet it is here, in this haunted former Nazi brothel, that Himmler's gold is allegedly buried. Interest is quickly sparked when news of the discovered letter spreads, and a large excavation project begins to dig beneath the abandoned palace and retrieve whatever treasures might lie buried underground. However, unlike the successes from Toplitz and the failures of the gold train excavations, the progress to find Himmler's gold hasn't been made public. Perhaps the coordinates were accurate and traces of treasure are slowly leading hunters to the chests of gold. Or maybe von Stein's mistress remained loyal to the Nazis and never wrote down the correct location. Either way, there is no uncertainty as to the existence of Himmler's gold. The letter from von Stein proves that the story once believed to be a myth is in fact far more truthful than an exciting conspiracy. It's perhaps these pockets of hope and intermittent discoveries that continue to fuel belief in the Nazi gold train. You see, the discoveries at Lake Toplitz and von Stein's letter have attached some level of credibility to the Nazi gold stories. What's more, the fact remains that hundreds of items stolen by the Nazis during their brief explosion of power remain missing to this day. Ancient family heirlooms have vanished, priceless antiques remain missing, and vast gaps haunt prestigious international collections of art. Globally admired works such as Raphael's Portrait of a Young Man, Van Gogh's Painter on His Way to Work, 
Michelangelo's first known marble sculpture and, of course, the Amber Room, were last seen at various Nazi displays. Without sightings of the missing items in over 70 years, many entertain the possibility that they're buried deep with hordes of Nazi treasures. Perhaps they glitter at the bottom of lake toplets, decay under the soil of Minkowski, or even lay in the undiscovered carriages of the Nazi gold train. Next week on Deathbed Confessions, we meet Joseph Peel, a prominent figure in 1950s Florida. Husband, attorney, judge. But Peel has ambitions of going much further. And when a fellow local judge, Curtis Chillingworth, threatens to have him disbarred for unethical conduct, Peel is forced to consider just how far he'll go to protect his dreams. Chillingworth's subsequent disappearance is still one of the most notorious in Florida to this day. But had Peel really taken matters into his own hands? Or was he just a pawn in somebody else's game? Deathbed Confessions is a Spotify original from Parcast, produced in partnership with Noiser. Executive produced by Max Cutler, Drew Cole, and Pascal Hughes. Developed by Julian Boireau for Parcast. Series produced by Addison Nugent. Written by Nicole Edmonds. Supervising editor, Kevin Pham. Sound design by Matias Torresole. Sound supervisor, Tom Pink. Edited by Carla Flores and Rob Plummer. Mix master by Cody Reynolds-Shaw. Music by Oliver Baines and Dory McCauley. 